back of Inge Britson is going to do in the 1500. He has time to look behind him. 20 years of age, and he is on top of the world. But coming down for a maiden national crown, Cornwall is a champion. Garouge has run his race, or has he? Has he got anything left? El Garouge trying to get there. Kipchoge the junior's there. El Garouge is trying to get to the line. Kenya wins it. Kipchoge takes Vivian Chariot's turn. And what a proud moment for her and the Kenyans. The first woman from her nation to take the 5,000 metre title. Vivian Chariot in Greenland. On the outside, Oli Hall of Australia comes. Jake Whiteman has just spent. It's going to be Chariot and Hall who's going to get it. It's going to be Australia, the gold. Pre-order now and make a difference. Experience the ultimate in trail running with the Tarkine Trail Devil. With its impressive combination of eco-friendly materials and advanced technology, this footwear is designed to conquer any terrain. Whether you're looking to run UTMB or simply explore the great outdoors, the Tarkine Trail Devil offers unmatched versatility, support, durability and comfort. Featuring a lightweight and responsive design with loads of support, your legs will thank you as you crush personal bests and conquer new terrain. With our company focused on sustainability and ethical manufacturing processes, you can feel good about your impact on the planet. Also, as a pre-order promotion, you have the opportunity to decide where 10% of your order fee will be donated. All pre-orders will receive their shoes during May to June 2023. Visit Tarkine.com. Five years ago, Zach Fascioni was the top junior based out of Sydney when he made the pivotal decision to commit to Wake Forest and move to the United States. Since then, it's been one hell of a ride for Zach as he rewrote Wake Forest record books and lowered his PBs to 339 for 1500 meters, 327 for 5000 meters, and 751 for 3000 meters. We caught up with Zach as he is figuring out the transition out of college and back to Australian shores to further his running career away from the support and comfort that the NCAA system affords. Zach, I've wanted to have you on Runners Tribe for years now, man, uh, and finally got around to it. Welcome, Runners Tribe, and good to good to chat to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. Zach, for those listening who you know are not so sure, maybe they're in their teens, you know, Aussies who are a bit isolated. What stage in your college career are you at? Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely a little far removed from the Australian running scene by this point. So I'm in my fifth year now at Wake Forest. I basically finished my last exam college like three days ago or something like that. So a couple months left, a few more races, and then I'm and then I'm out. Is that pretty sad? Like, are you? Is it you know a good times come to an end? Is it sad, or are you ready to move on? You know, it, it's bittersweet. I think obviously I've been here for five years now, and it's it's a long time. Um, and it's been awesome, but I, I think I'm definitely ready to move on. I mean, at the same time, like it, it's been such a large part of my life that it, it's definitely weird to know that it's all going to be over in, you know, a couple months time. But, you know, I, I've got some cool things on the horizon, I think. So I'm super excited to see what's to come. But yeah, no, it, it's definitely a little weird for sure. Nice. And we're going to jump into those future plans in, in, later in this podcast. But um, for now... We had we last had you back on RT on, on Runners Tribe in 2020 during the pandemic. Uh, I think it was maybe yep. yeah, I think it was like your second year of college. And that was just a QA, not a podcast, obviously. 
you know, mm-hmm. obviously you got swept up in the whole pandemic stuff. How do you feel about it? Like, do you feel like you were robbed of kind of six months or seven months of your kind of collegiate experience or looking back on it now, is it just a bit of a blip and you don't really think about it? You know, it was definitely weird. I mean, thinking back on it, I've talked to a lot of the people in my class. It almost just feels like we lost a whole a whole year because we left kind of midway through the end of my sophomore year and then didn't come back until halfway through junior year. And even that second half of that semester, was it's all online classes. So it didn't really feel like a full year anyway. So it was basically like I finished my full freshman year, COVID happened, and then I'm a senior and I'm always done. So it was definitely weird for sure. Um, but I think from like a running perspective, you know, it's one of those things where, and I think you saw this kind of worldwide, a lot of people managed to make a really big jump just because everyone was stuck at home training. There were no ma- major races to get ready for and everyone was putting in months and months of just work. And then everyone came back and it was just like firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Were you stuck in Sydney training or were you stuck in, in the US training? I was in Sydney. Yeah. So I, I dipped out and came back around March. So just after indoors. And then I was in Sydney until January. The so next, just back hanging with the parents for parents for ages, hey? Pretty much, yeah. Just stuck at home, running a couple of times a day, sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty good to me, hey? The, um, I know a bit about your background behind the decision to go to college, but it's obviously a while ago now and there's going to be a bunch of teenagers listen to this, who may need to consider this option in their future. Can you tell everyone a little bit about the story behind your decision to leave one of Australia's kind of best groups at the time and head to the US? Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was a big decision for sure. And I think, you know, especially a few years ago, back when I was first thinking of coming over, there was this whole stigma around like college running in that you'd go to college, they'd like beat the shit out of you, race you like, hundred times a season and then you just get injured and you'd never do anything again. And like, that was a very real fear for me as well. And that's why, you know, initially I wasn't planning on coming at all. I finished high school and went and did Sydney uni for a year and a half. And obviously I had a great setup back home with Ken and, and that whole squad, you know, I had some of the best runners in Australia in that group. So I never really felt the need to change things up and, you know, move to the other side of the world to do school and running when I had a pretty good setup back home. But I think kind of as things progressed, I just wasn't enjoying that balancing act at home. You know, you get zero support in Australian universities when you're trying to be an elite athlete. I mean, you're, you know, trying to go to Flagstaff for, you know, a few months and do races in the US or you think you've got going to Europe. It's like, it's impossible because the school's not going to help you at all. Your professors aren't going to understand anything. So it's pretty much all on you to try and organize all of that and balance everything. And I think when I realized that, coming to the US, that was kind of integrated into one thing. You had the running aspect and the school aspect together and those things would work simultaneously and they weren't like competing forces. That was a big driver for me. And I think something that was really hurting my performance as an athlete when I was at home for those few years was trying to balance everything because it's it's really, really hard when you don't have any support trying to do all that by yourself and it's super stressful and it puts a lot of strain on your body and it's tricky to be your best self and that's not to say that you can't do it because obviously a lot of people have but I think personally I it was just too much and I wasn't enjoying it and I think when you're not enjoying what you're doing it's it's hard to run well and it's hard to you know do school well and, and everything like that so that's yeah. kind of that was my thought process with it all yeah it's so tricky hey it feels kind of like when you stay in Sydney or you stay in Australia post high school it just feels like an extension of high school doesn't it when you're trying to run really hard but you've also got 
kind of pressures to maybe get a job or do other things and it's just mm-hmm. yeah, it's not you know I, you know do you feel like there's been a shift in coaches though advice now like compared to you know 10 15 even five six years ago like there seems to be a lot more coaches now who are pushing and encouraging the athletes to to look into college oh i mean absolutely i think you know if you looked at the australian you know all-time lists 10 years ago you maybe find one or two guys that went to college in the top 20 if you look now it's probably a lot more than that it's kind of getting getting close to a very even split so i think I think part of that's coaches in Australia's mindset changing, but I also think the US college system's changed quite a bit as well in the past 10 years or so. And a lot of coaches have started to adapt to not just throwing their athletes at the wall and, and seeing who sticks. Like there's some schools that do that, of course, the schools that have, you know, 10, 20, 30 distance guys in any one event and they can just see what happens. But there, there are schools where coaches just can't afford to do that. So like Wake, obviously, is one of those schools. We don't have a massive roster. Our mm-hmm. coach can't afford to just like give people 100 miles a week, give them like three workouts every week and just see what happens and whoever survives, great, because we just don't have the guys to play with. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, as much of it's about like picking the right school as anything, but I, I think there's definitely been a mindset change, 100%. Yeah. I know you have like a really devoted family and... Um, you guys probably spent a lot of time together, not a lot of time, but a fair bit of time together figuring out the right place for you. Is that right? Like, did you travel over to the US and interview schools and all that? Or how did that work out? It's Honestly, it was almost the exact opposite of that. Back, I had a whole lot of offers in probably 2015, 2016. I had one great race, um, State 3K, I think in 2015, we're around 8.13. And then, you know, a couple of weeks after that, I had a bunch of schools reaching out and this is like still in that period where I didn't really want to come over. So I basically just said no to everyone and burnt like every ridge possible. Um, and then kind of mid 2018, Georgia Evans, who I used to train with, um, committed to Wake and then um, the Harding to Lose twins committed not long after that. And then the coach who had previously reached out to me, John Hayes, reached out to me again and was like, hey, you've got these three coming who I know you're friends with you sure you don't want to come and I was like oh shit maybe um and I was already in in the U.S. for a month doing some training up in Flagstaff and then I had a race in Portland so I was like I'm already here I may as well just go and visit and see what it's about um so I took a red eye from LA over to Wake on my way home visited for like I don't know 48 hours and then came back and that was pretty much it gotcha so as a freshman you were what like 21 sort of thing um, I was 19 when I started, I turned 20 second semester freshman year. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That's cool. You know, um, that's awesome to hear. And so being a Sydney boy, how have you found living in the U S like not just the collegiate stuff, but life outside of running, has it been, has it been enjoyable or have you, have you loved it all? Or has it been, you know, some tough times as well? Oh, I mean, they're like, there are always times where you're going to miss home. I mean, obviously it depends where you go. Um, I'm not in like a massive city or anything like that. So it's, it's very different to back home. But I think part of the, the thing that so many people enjoy about coming to college and the whole system is like the people that you meet, like you become so close with the guys on the team and you make so many friends and like lifelong friends that you're going to keep in touch with forever, that it kind of almost doesn't really matter where you are. Like you're going to have a good time you're going to be spending lots of time around these guys that you're like logging shit tons of miles with every week. And then you're hanging out with them outside of, 
you know, training and everything like that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a great environment. It's a great time. And you guys, yeah. you guys pretty much all live in within like spitting distance of each other. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I'm the house I'm in right now. I've got, um, Thomas Van Oppen, who was just fourth at um, NCAAs in the 15 last year. He's a 337 guy. The guy who lives across from me, Aaron Los Harris, Spanish guy, who's run 28, 13. Um, and then I've got Joaquin, who's an American guy downstairs, who's run 13, 30 something odd. Um, so we all just live together. We all hang out together. It's great. You can see how that works to keep one a bit more motivated than kind of living in the suburbs in, you know, back in Australia, in a big Australian city. And being 30 minutes away from your nearest mate or something like that, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, like when the guys that you see every morning when you wake up, they're all like doing the exact same thing that you are. They've got the same goals and the same ambitions. It like just keeps you that much more locked in than you otherwise would be. You've had some epic races over there. Um, We've tried to keep up a little bit on Runner's Trial with some of them, but obviously we miss a lot of it. But just what are a few of the highlights, man? If you look back over all the races you've had, you know, the wins you've had, you've smashed a bunch of Wake Forest records. Um, what what are kind of two or three of the highlights that kind of you're never going to forget? Definitely NCAA Cross this year was insane. Um, I don't know if you know much about, like, Wake's history as a program, but um, we used to be really, really good in, like, late 80s, early 90s, and then we were really bad for like 20 30 years like all the way through 2000s like late 2000s early like kind of teens we were like shit like towards the right bottom of the acc like 13th 14th out of 15 teams that kind of thing um when i got here as a freshman we were like starting kind of on the way up which is like the kind of john hayes era he took them from 13th in the acc and then the next year i think they were sixth and then fifth was my freshman year and then this year we won it coming fifth at NCAAs. So we were like nine points off of the podium, just barely lost to Stanford, which was like insane. It's something that even like thinking about now, it it's kind of doesn't really feel real. Um, like it, it just seems so far-fetched from when I first got here that we managed to take it so far and almost get right towards the top. Like we were competing with NAU and all these schools that Wake Forest has no business being anywhere near. But like I being a part of that and seeing kind of where we came from from when I first got here and where we ended up is something that's like super special. Um, and you know it was like a little heartbreaking that we couldn't get on the podium for sure. We were so close; it was just nine points away. But regardless, like that was amazing, and that's something that I'm never gonna forget. Um, and in terms of like an individual race, the home eight that I just ran, where I ran my most recent five k PB. Uh, a couple of weeks ago now was incredible. That's the only home meet I've ever run. And obviously it will be the only home meet I ever do run. Um, but the atmosphere is amazing. Um, and I'm just super thankful that I got to, you know, race on our home track in front of like our own fans. We had like a hundred plus alarm come out and support um, and to put it all together on that day and run a nice PB after a good couple of years was amazing. That's definitely something I'm never going to forget either. And for those listening, um, I'm pretty sure that was a 13.27 at Wake Forest, hey? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, it was. Nice. Um, we're going to get into kind of your future in terms of events a bit later on, but um, it's cool that one of your highlights is just that team thing, you know, like um, mm. you know, it's just so different to most runners' highlights where it's just something they did individually. I think that's the difference between college and, and you know, staying in, staying in Australia, hey? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think that's like one of the biggest differences of anything. When like you talk to people back home, no one thinks of it as a team sport. It's an individual yeah. sport. Yeah. But when you come here, like especially in cross, it's like a whole different mindset. You're not you're not out there running for yourself. You're out there running for your boys. And then, you know, at the same time, you know that they would like do the exact same thing for you. Like they're out there putting in all those hours and grinding and killing themselves for you. And so, you know, it it's like it's different. You do the same thing for them and you kind of run with a whole different sense of purpose that you don't you just never really experience that anywhere else and i think that in itself is something really special it gives you like a whole new appreciation for the sport i think is it fair to say like the closest that some australians will get to that the guys who you know go to guys and um, girls who go to private schools you know some of the private school systems i guess it's maybe the closest i'll ever get you know yeah um, i yeah i think so and even still like it's it's nowhere near but definitely like similar kind of vibe yeah yeah how many wake forest records do you hold now um right now it's three i believe it used to be more but a few of them got broken so just so three the, now so the five thousand outdoor mm -hmm. i've got the indoor 5k as well which is a 1333 i believe and then i have the indoor 3k which is 746 yeah okay that one's good that yeah it's a pretty pretty nice 3k and yeah outdoor 3k is like 51 right 751 yeah mm -hmm. yeah back over covid yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, what's the plan, man? Like, are you, you know, you see all these guys finishing up their college collegiate careers. The Ollie Hall, who obviously everyone knows, stayed in the US and you know joined a really well-known group, and Jessica Hull, mm -hmm. similar thing. Uh, then you've got other guys who kind of went back to Australia and joined, you know, Melbourne Track Club and all that sort of stuff. Are you allowed to talk much about this yet? What your plans are? Do you actually know, or is it something that is just in the pipes? Um, I have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. I don't know what I am allowed to say, uh, purely just because like nothing, obviously nothing's written yet or anything like that. Cause I'm still, you know, competing in the college system. I, I'm not allowed to sign anything until I finish my eligibility yet anyway. Um, yeah. and I never know what's going to happen. Like a lot of things can change like this sport. The, one of the things about the sport is like, you can have one race and then everything changes. Um, yeah. so like you never know, but. I think I have a pretty good idea of where I'm going to end up. Um, it's probably going to be back home. So I can say that much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, and I'm, yeah, I think I, I personally just, I have a lot to, a lot more to give in this sport. I don't think I've, I've kind of reached where I can. So I'm really excited to keep it going and, and just see where I can take things. Nice. Is it hard saying goodbye to the US, you know, having all, having such a good run there or is it, are you just ready to just pack up and just head back home and, and get settled? Yeah. I mean, it's tricky. I, when I first came over, I always figured that there was a good chance I'd stick around afterwards and, and stay and stay here and try and run professionally somewhere here. But I, I think I'm ready to to pack things up and come back home. Like kind of the, the closer I've gotten towards the end of my time here, the more I've wished that, there was something akin to a US group back home, like some kind of system or, or group that was similar to what we're seeing over here, because I think like they do such a great job here with the pro groups and building that like team kind of atmosphere and culture in a professional setting. I think it's really helpful because <laughs> um, like the pro scene can be really like lonely sometimes and, and tough to get through by itself. So if you can have that kind of support structure around you, I think that's incredible. Um, 
So I kind of was always wishing that something like that back home existed. And how, like, it's a, it's a huge call to make, right? Go back home or stay in the US. How did you make that? How are you making that decision? Like, if you reached out to guys like Ollie or, you know, other experienced guys who have been through it and got their opinions or just heard them out or anything like that, or, like, or is it just mainly you and your, your coach back there and your parents and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky. I don't think people realize how tough it is to actually continue running in the u.s especially like in a professional setting there's like special visas and stuff you need to apply for um and to do that you almost need to be like recruited by an agent initially like they almost need to reach out to you and get the process started because it's not really something as far as i understand like it's not something that you can really do by yourself like it's a complicated process it's, i think it's like eight or nine thousand dollars to get the visa or something like that yeah. um and it's i don't know the pro the pro running world's weird it's very like hush hush no one really tells you what's going on if you're on the outside so the only people that really know what's happening are the people that are involved in it already. And so many of them are under like contract NDAs and shit like this, that you don't like really know what's going on until you're like in it. And unless someone reaches out to you and brings you in, you're kind of just like on the outside looking in, waiting for someone to like shoot your messenger, be like, Hey, come join this pro group or whatever. Yeah. So it, it's tricky. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. Hey, um, we chatted years ago about how, when you moved to college, the main change in your training was an increase in mileage and a reduction in intensity. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, kind of three years more mature, et cetera. Do you still feel that that's kind of the, one of the vital changes in your training that resulted in, in, in such improvements? Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Definitely. And I think like, as I've gotten older and become a more mature, like well-developed athlete, we've kind of just taken that same philosophy and, pushed it further um you know like everyone else in the world now we're doing double threshold stuff i mean everyone's doing double threshold stuff and i think everyone's doing it because it works um and the first few years like, that we were doing so explain to everyone like just listening there's going to be some people everyone i think listening is going to know what you mean by threshold stuff but when you say yeah. double threshold stuff just just explain that yeah so you know in essence threshold being like the pace that you should theoretically be able to run for an hour on that surface on that day and whatever you're wearing um and double thresholds a way to split it up into a morning and an afternoon session so you can get more mileage in at that pace because like if if i were to tell someone to go out and run you know 10 by mile at threshold like that's not an easy workout necessarily (laughs) even though like threshold pace should be something that isn't super strenuous when you start pushing the limits of how much you can do it gets really tough and taxing on your body so being able to split it up like that allows you to get a lot more miles in without necessarily beating you up as much so like an example of something we might do um a few weeks ago i did in the morning i went two mile one mile two mile one mile at threshold so six miles knocked out in the morning and then came back that afternoon and did another five by mile at threshold with some like 200s at like 15 pace or whatever so like like that you can get 11 miles plus worth of like working at that pace and you can do it in a way that doesn't beat you up as much so you can come back the next day feeling really good um and if you do it right it can do wonders like i we only started doing it kind of last year when i was coming off of um my knee injury which is why i missed the last indoor season um and i was doing kind of everything in the morning on an alter treadmill and then coming back and doing stuff on the track in the afternoon just as a way to kind of break up the mileage a little bit. Um, and I think 
you know, beyond kind of being able to get in a lot more miles, just stimulating your body twice in a day is huge for training. And um, these double thresholds in terms of taking it easy on your body, what surface are you doing these on? Like, does that come into it? Like grass versus road versus whatever, track, dirt, whatever the, um, or yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, I mean, it kind of depends. The way the NCAA works is that you're only allowed to like meet for a certain amount of hours every week. You can only like kind of do one session a day if you're like doing it properly. So the first kind of workout we have to do by ourselves. So it's not like they can take us anywhere. Um, so a lot of the time it's just us doing it on the track or on the roads. Um, and then in the afternoon, if we have the time, we'll go out to like grass soccer fields or something like that kind of change up the surface a little bit um or we've got we have salem lake which is basically a big packed gravel seven mile loop that we do a lot of stuff on as well just to kind of like change it up a bit so it's not all like running loops on the track and you're doing these thresholds based off heart rate like do you have monitors on or are you doing it off field or do you just do so much that you pretty much know the pace that you need to be doing yeah, we, we did a lot of heart rate stuff in the beginning um, when it was still relatively new, just so we could like get a monitor and like a read on how we're doing it. But as we've gotten gotten along, we have a pretty good idea of, of how we're meant to be doing it. Um, but I'd, I'd say that at the same time this season, there are a lot of guys who are getting kind of burnt out just because we're running our threshold paces just that touch too quick. So we all slow them back, you know, four or five seconds a mile and everyone started running better afterwards. So it's it's really line between getting fitter and you know having the idea in your head that like oh i'm fitter i should be running this faster but that's you know not necessarily gonna you down the line we yeah. also do some blood lactate testing here and there just to kind of get another feel for it as well yeah i know um lance armstrong was juiced and stuff but i listened to a podcast with him from that he did a few years ago just looking back over his training and um you know it sounds exactly the same as what he was really focusing on the majority of his work, just, just this threshold work, just doing hours mm -hmm. and hours over the week, you know? Um, so, yeah. so just, let's just, let's just touch on this a tiny bit more. These threshold workouts, you're literally, you're not on the ground after them. Hey, like you just, when you no. finish them, you can still pretty much talk, not mate. And mm -hmm. you just recover quickly back home. You're not, absolutely smashed and you can just repeat it that arvo yep exactly it's like I, i'm not a massive expert or anything by any means on like the, the sports science behind it but the way i understand it is like every person has their own like individual lactate curve and your threshold is like that point on the curve before your lactate starts to exponentially spike so it's basically like the hardest you can work without like extremely like fatiguing your body by like shooting your lactate way up and how many days a week are you doing this um usually two days a week we work out tuesdays and fridays and, and it's mainly so you're doing threshold work both those days usually yeah yeah yeah. unless it's like a race week or you know i'm getting something specific in for like like really specific race work but even still if we're doing specific race work i'll almost always get some element of threshold in cool. either that morning or like before the specific stuff the other thing I want to touch on is the easy days in between all the workouts and stuff, right? Like how easy are they? What kind of pay? Are you just rolling around chatting and, or are you, are you clipping around a bit faster? You know, I, I like to not actually even wear a watch when I do my easy runs. Cause I, I find that whenever I wear a watch and have like an actual pace, I'm always like 
tempted to look at it and see what I'm running and be like, oh, shit, I should be running a bit faster than that. <laughs> so I just don't even bother. Um, I know like a lot of the routes now around here, I know pretty much exactly how far they are. So I can pretty much just go and do anything from like two miles to, I don't know, 12 miles and know pretty much where to go and how far it's going to be. So I don't even bother. And um, I remember a few years back, you were saying that sometimes on a long run, you like, you do them pretty quick. Is that, does mm -hmm. that still come into it? Are you still doing that on a Sunday? Yeah, definitely. Especially during cross country season. Um, We've kind of been going out to this road. It's called Baden Lake. It's about an hour away from campus and it's just rolling dirt hills the whole way. So I'm doing kind of 18 mile long runs right now. Oh, like what 29 ish k something like that and it's like 2000 plus feet of elevation over that long run so it's pretty much up and down the whole way and we'll just kind of take a couple miles easy and then start hammering <laughs> just averaging as fast as you can for the next kind of 16 miles as long as you come off it all right for the tuesday workout then you're all good so you're legit just warming up for a few miles and then just hammering it for the rest of that long run at threshold right yeah. not beyond threshold Oh, no, we wouldn't go that fast, no. Okay. So we'd be doing, it's not, it's like... It's not quite threshold. Kind of, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. it's kind of like a sub-threshold kind of thing. Yeah, sub-threshold. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I feel like, you know, 5, 8, 10, like definitely, you know, when I was in my 20s and early 30s and all that sort of stuff, not many coaches in Australia even did thresholds. It wasn't something that was mm -hmm. talked about. The closest we got to was like maybe, a I don't know, monofartlek, 5 by 2 minutes or 7 by 2 minutes with a minute float, like... Yeah. Well, it was a different kind of way of doing it, right? And yeah, I've, I'd never done threshold until I came here, ever. Exactly, yeah. I don't think I literally ever did a threshold until like no. <laughs> when I was actually running, like, you know, it's a shame, but it's definitely, definitely just everyone's bread and butter now, hey? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, you're pretty versatile from 339 over 1500 to 1327 over 5000. You know, is is the five thousand where you see yourself at? You know, or be, what what event do you think you're going to be targeting? You know, I I'd like to say I'm a five k guy, and I I think I'm a five k guy. My coaches would love to see me in the ten k, and I'm actually running a ten k on Thursday of this week at our conference championship. So it's going to be my first one on the track. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I I mean I like the five k. I think it's a good middle ground between kind of being able to flex what I can do in cross country and kind of some of that faster and speed stuff in that 15. So I think long-term, I would like to see myself pursue the 5K for sure. Right. Yeah, um, hey, I'm just like, did some research and I can't find a mile PB outdoors in the States. Did Correct, you, yeah. Did you not run a mile in five years in, in college in terms of outdoor? I know you've run a bunch of indoor miles, but... Yeah, no, never on an outdoor mile. It, they're a lot less common than you'd think for, weirdly enough, for being the States. No one really runs them because it's not, no one's, I, I mean, I think you can get into regionals with a mile conversion or like through your 15 split of the mile, but they're, they're just not really run very often. Yeah, it's a shame, hey, just be like, I mean, I know it's I know. kind of meaningless these days. You run a 339-1500, so everyone knows you can go sub four, but it would still be nice to just knock it out. I agree. Yeah, even indoors, I've never run a sub four mile, so that's yeah. definitely something you got to pick off the bucket list at some point. Yeah, you kind of have to get it done. Hey, the you, I was four hundred one indoors. Is that well, you? I yes. Think, yeah. yeah, it's four hundred one. Mm -hmm. Back in two twenty. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah. awesome, awesome. Um, Zach, it's been awesome chatting. What I'd like to do is uh, is maybe chat again once you've settled back in Australia. You know, maybe three, four, yeah. five, six months after after you've started that. You know, your new system just to touch base with you. You know, maybe go through all that decision making and see how it's going for you and and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. No, that sounds great. Awesome. Are there going to be some massive parties, you know, as goodbye parties with everyone or what? <laughs> I'm sure there will be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, the end of the outdoor season is a little weird because everyone kind of like dips off at different times. You know, you've got all the people doing conference and then everyone that hasn't made regionals will go home and then everyone that doesn't make nationals will go home. So by the end, you've got like four or five people left, especially in a school like this. You don't have a whole massive crew going into LA's, but I'm sure we'll we'll have some fun after NCLA's for sure with everyone that made it, 100%. Zach, you seem like a pretty switched on guy, right? Like just chatting to you, I get the impression that you've got like, you know, a medical degree or, you know, <laughs> in the future, like what's going, what's going on on that front? Are you, what's happening on the professional front? Yeah, so I just got my master's degree in business analytics, which is basically okay. just like data science, but for business stuff. Um, I mean, it's tricky. Because like, obviously the balance now is like, do I want to go and run professionally and, you know, chase out for a few years or go and get a job and make like 120k a year or do something like that. Um, And like, obviously that's not going anywhere. And I've got like years to do that. So, I mean, part of the big decision making process there was like, I know when I'm like 45 or 50, if I just go and get a job, I'm going to like hate myself. Oh, 100%. That I never like chased it. So I'm going to give it a crack, see what happens. Yeah, screw the job. Just just run, you know. Just try and try, it's not- try and achieve your best. And then you can work so much, like you got so many years ahead of you to work. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Zach's been awesome, mate. Um, thank you. Yeah. Cheers.